One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome to the most must-hear sports talk podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined today by a frequent guest of the show, a friend of the show, a friend who I will be seeing in very soon, actually, now that I realize. <laughs> very excited for that. Uh, Chad Coffin, everyone. Hey, Kyle. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh Good to have you on. I saw it was early July last time I had you on. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, and there's been a lot of football happening. <laughs> so it's about time we get together and talk about it. Absolutely. And we get to talk about NBA, too, so that's going to be coming up. But first, I... Like from opening night, man. Holy crap, I can't believe it. So I did a podcast yesterday. Well, depending on when I put this out, I did a podcast earlier in the week about or with another buddy of mine, Carter, and we talked about NFL officiating. And I just want to hear your thoughts on the new pass interference rule and how it's worked. I want to hear your thoughts on just the officiating in general and if you think it's a big enough deal that it needs to be changed. And I guess just your overall thoughts on this. So, I mean, I. I guess the new rule serves a purpose because there is human error, but I think that's part of, you know, all sports is that there's human error. I mean, not all sports have had, you know, challenges and instant replay and things, you know, for their entire existence, and they seem to have got along fine. I mean, I think in the reality of the situation, if you take away instant replay, I think, you know, granted there is human error. Again, mistakes can be made, but if you just, it's basically like the dartboard never lies. The ref makes a call, whether it's a mistake or not a mistake, that's the way it's going to go. I've always held this adage, and a lot of people don't agree with me, don't leave an entire game up to one ref's call to win. I realize there's close games, I realize things are tight, but if you're so concerned about one play winning or losing your game, you didn't play well enough in that game to put yourself in a situation, i.e. this last weekend. Do not put yourself... The Lions blew open the doors in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. They the Packers on their heels and they let them back in the game. They let them within a, that two point spread to make a field goal, the game winner, even some of those plays that led to, you know, led to the game winner there. That's not to be said that they wouldn't have made it happen and kick the field goal anyways. And Detroit wouldn't have been able to score. Don't put yourself in a position where a play, a single play or a single call are what's going to make out your entire season, your entire postseason, your entire game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a 26 and a 22 yard field goal in the first quarter against the Packers. That's not going to cut it. And then only 56 yards of total offense in the second half. And they're sitting there like, yes, the refs kind of, they, they took away your chance to try to win the game, but you guys blew the game. Like, oh, and, and, and it's plain and simple. Yeah. And the Packers this whole season, other than the one game have, I forget who it was against have come out and they've been hot or not hot. Sorry. They've been cold to start. And that's exactly how you got to catch them, catch them on their heels. Mm -hmm. You got to be hot to start. You got to get ahead, which Detroit kind of did, but 13 points isn't enough. As we see, you go 10 to 13, then it's 10 to 22. And then they just push back. Like if you want to beat teams like this and granted Detroit is coming to, um, they took both of the series, uh, both of the games last year, and the last two times they've been at Lambeau, they've taken the game. So there was a lot of people in this game in Detroit, like or the game in Green Bay started with Detroit this week. Uh, I, I realize we're getting a little bit off the officiating thing, but a lot of people had said, you know, <clears throat> that Detroit was going to wipe the floor with them. And again, I really don't think it came down to one call that decided that game. And that's what a lot of it comes down to, you know. I, a lot of this still stems from the Saints-Rams game last year. I realized that was a blown call. That call shouldn't have been made, should have been made, you know, whatever. There's a lot of calls that go the same way. Don't put yourself in it. And it's easy to sit here and say, like, don't put yourself in that, in that position. Score another touchdown, you know, kick another field goal. It's easy to say sitting here on the bench, we're not playing. But that's what it comes down to. Like, don't leave it up to some.
one guy to shoot free throws at the end of a basketball game. Hit the three-pointer and don't worry about it and just be done. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I do think the refs are terrible, <laughs> I but and I think it needs to be fixed. And I don't know what I, – I, I honestly don't know what they can do to fix it. I don't know if it's cut, cut the head of the snake in uh, Alberto Riveron or if it's making some of the officials full-time so that they're more involved. And, you know, there, there's a lot of different options. I don't know if any of them will work. I don't know if anything will work. But I do think something needs to happen. I think this do, does need to get fixed. Um, I think they could have a legitimate point. full-time staff. I think, that's, I think that's one of the problems is, like, you know – I, I, I'm a butcher. It's what I do. It's what I do for 45 plus hours a week. That's what I focus on. That is my craft. That is exactly what I do. When some of these refs, a lot of these refs are part-timers. I'm sorry. Let's say this. I got a buddy who works at Kimberly Clark. He works 50 hours a week at Kimberly Clark. He's got a part-time job at a grocery store. He doesn't fucking care. He doesn't care. He wants to just go in and get paid. And unfortunately, regardless of how much they're getting paid, this is still just a part-time job for some of these refs. They're going to come in. They're going to call the game. Yeah, I can get paid 50 bucks to ump a full Sunday of T-ball. But guess what? I really don't care. I don't care about the outcome of the game. You give these guys an investment. You you invest in them. You give these guys a career in, you know, in umpiring and refing. You're going to get a bigger buy-in and a bigger, you know, commitment to, to the game. And I think that's, I think that's where we could start. I don't know if getting rid of rid of the guy at the top is the main way, the main place to start. But if he's one of the guys holding up the fact that we can't get full time jobs for these guys, maybe that is the case. But I think I think that's a good place to start. Absolutely. Um, so we kind of talked about. I don't know. Do you want to talk about this past weekend, or do you want to start looking forward? Well, we can do whatever you prefer. It makes no difference to me. I'll be looking forward today on my radio show. So I guess we'll we'll look back. Uh, let, let's look back at what happened. We already talked about uh, Monday night. Packers Lions um what other games kind of I know one game I actually got to watch the end of uh Seahawks Cleveland and uh that was just an and obviously I know you were paying attention to that game um I it was really interesting because at the end of the game which what ended up being the game-winning drive Russell Wilson gets the ball and everyone watching just kind of knows they're gonna score here like Russell Wilson's getting the ball and they're gonna score and then Baker gets the ball. <clears throat> and you're sitting there thinking, I actually don't know what this dude's going to do right now. <laughs> I, 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 and it feels like he's not going to get the job done. And then Seattle ends up with the ball back. It, it really is a testament to Russell Wilson. But, like, we really don't know what Baker Mayfield is yet. He's, he's what, like 19 games into his NFL career right now. I don't know. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, again, and a lot of people are ready to write off the Browns and write off Baker Mayfield especially, but the problem with doing that is, like you said, the guy's unproven. They have a ton of talent on that team. The defense is nothing to laugh at. You got Nick Chubb. You have two, I mean, Pro Bowl, if not, you know, not all-star with Jarvis Landry, but wide receivers. They have a great wide receiving core. They have a phenomenal running back. And Baker Baker Mayfield is talented. You can tell he's talented from his last season. But, again, there's not enough sample size to really know if that was a flash in the pan, if he was good for one season. I'm not sitting here saying he's a Tim Tebow kind of guy who just came out and won games and he's going to move along. I think he has a lot more measurables and a lot more talent than that. But I think one of the main things that – Baker Mayfield needs to do more than anything. I think even more than correcting his on-field play, the guy's got to shut his fucking mouth. There, I mean, even by player, you've heard this from players, you've heard this from coaches, you heard this from the the, the ESPN analysts and, and NFL.com analysts. Baker Mayfield is one of the cockiest players to come out in the last 20 years, like since, since the 2000s. He is arguably one of the most, and that, that what's, that's what leads him to be overrated. If somebody comes out and says, I'm the best, there's nobody better than me, there's nobody that can do it like me, I'm going to make Cleveland great, you know, and then this is the season that you deliver. This is the like. This is what you're gonna give to everybody. I don't uh, understand how that's you know the, the what you can really stand on, and it doesn't stop. There's no humbleness to it, which is I think his biggest issue. Because you come out and now you're what two and four, mm-hmm. two and four, and you're supposed to be the guy in Cleveland, even though there's guys that are on that team that are clearly more talented than you. You're supposed to be the general. You're supposed to rally the troops. So I think as of right now, I mean, it's hard to say if he's going to be great or going to be bad, but I think as of right now, he's just been a disappointment for the organization as a whole. He just needs to get it together. I I don't know. 
like I mentioned, it's early in his career. Last year, he came in. He got them their first win when he came in. He then set the NFL record for rookie passing touchdowns. So, like, if he didn't do that last year, if this was his rookie year, I think we would be pressing that hammer in the panic button pretty hard. Oh, absolutely. Because he did that last year, you know, there were high expectations coming into the year, and rightly so. Their offense is stacked on paper. But the biggest thing is that offensive line. That offensive line is terrible. And when you have a young quarterback like that, you know, like Aaron Rodgers for the past, like, what, six, seven years has not had a great offensive line, mostly because of injuries. But Aaron Rodgers is to that level where he can overcome that to a certain extent. Baker Mayfield's in a second year, 19 games into his career. He's not at a point in an NFL level game to overcome four bad offensive linemen at this point where he can just go out there and make plays. He... I, I still think it's young. I, I, I definitely don't think Freddie Kitchens is helping at all. But I agree with you that he's running his mouth too much and not delivering. He probably should be better even under the circumstances that he's in. But I don't know. I think it's very interesting. I think in the offseason or even any trade deadlines coming up, there's been a lot of trades happening. But they need to focus on that offensive line more than anything. Oh, absolutely. And again, you know, you look at the guys who have been in the league longer. There's, I mean, there's two perfectly good examples in Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. These are guys who have, are dealing with or have dealt with awful offensive lines and they can make it happen. Baker Mayfield is not, he hasn't been doing this long enough. He doesn't, he doesn't have that craft mastered yet. He doesn't have that, A, that pocket presence and B, his scrambling isn't scrambling to make a play like you know, continuing a play or, or helping the defense spread out and get somebody open. He's scrambling to literally scramble. You know, he's just trying to get out of the way. Um, you know, with that being said, he's causing a lot of trouble for himself, but like last week was almost their game to, this was their game to lose almost the way you were looking at it. Cause Seattle didn't come out as hot as I thought they would being four and one coming into the, the lackluster Browns. If Baker Mayfield doesn't throw those three picks, that's their game, you know, and then we're having a completely different conversation. If Baker Mayfield threw two touchdowns and rather than being 22 for 37, if he was 28 for 37 for 300 plus yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions, we're having a totally different conversation. Oh, maybe Baker Mayfield is turning the corner. I mean, obviously I'm pissed about it, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe Baker Mayfield's turning a corner. Maybe he's getting this figured out. He's got the weapons around and the kids just got to start clicking. Absolutely. Uh, over in over in London Sunday morning, Panthers beat the Buccaneers 37 to 26. If you are the Panthers, do you can... trade Cam Newton? Oh, I don't know. Um, it's that's a big question. Do you know for sure if Kyle Allen is your guy? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Well, do you know for sure is he your guy? I mean, he's he's got what is it five wins now or four, he's four and oh yeah he's four and oh um he's started one other game hasn't he he's like five and oh in all f- his first five starts he's like one of the youngest guys to ever do it uh that sounds right i'm Whatever. sure he because ha- this isn't his rookie year so he probably has another start somewhere yeah yeah regardless of what it may be yeah he's four and oh now he's got this he's, kind of panther team on the right track and granted yeah. A lot of the pressure is taken off of him because of run CMC. I mean, if you got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, that's alleviating a lot of issues for you. Um, I think Cam Newton for the longest time, I have never been a Cam Newton fan. I thought the MVP year was a joke. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I have never enjoyed Cam Newton as a quarterback. As a fantasy football option, I've never enjoyed him. I, and the guy dresses like he's trying out for a role in Tyler Perry's Medea movies. Like the guy, I don't understand. Like I'll never, people can dress however they want and they can be as, you know, you can dress like Tim Duncan in a $6 polo and a $10 pair of jeans, or you can dress like Cam Newton or Russell Westbrook or whoever may be and wear a $12,000 outfit or OBJ and wear a $250,000 watch on the field. And I'll never say a word if you just do your fucking job. Yeah. I don't care what you dress like. I don't care what you do, but you look like an idiot. It's the same Baker Mayfield problem. Baker Mayfield could say whatever he wanted off the field if he was proving it on the field. Cam Newton, you can wear a three a $30,000 neckerchief and a bedazzled Elton John-style sunglasses and whatever you want to do if you're playing well on the field. Uh, my, again, what this comes back to is Cam Newton going to be the kind of guy that's going to cause problems in the locker room if he is put as number two. When he gets healthy and he's ready to come back, if the Pan- Panthers organization says, 
Allen is our guy. This is who we're going to go with. <clears throat> are we going to end up with a situation where he's just going to sit and piss and moan on the bench until he gets his way and either comes back in? Or are we going to have a Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown situation where it just destroys a locker room because, like, Mike Tomlin couldn't handle it? Maybe, you know, the Panthers organization isn't going to be able to handle it? I think that's what it really comes down to. Find out who you can win with and find out how your locker room is going to represent that because if Cam Newton's going to be a problem and you think Al- or Kyle Allen is your guy, get him out of there. Whatever you can possibly do, you know, bolster the defense a little bit more. Uh, get some draft picks for the future, especially with Allen being a younger guy, Christian McCaffrey being the future of your team. Let's see what see what the future holds for you. I think it's time to reboot. Um, one NFL, an anonymous uh, executive or official, I don't know, someone on some team, some like general manager or owner or something, came out and said there are about 10 teams who would be willing to give up at least a first-round pick for Cam Newton. Oh, I don't doubt it. Look yeah. at the NFL. I mean, there's the there's like 10 teams out there that are like, we have our quarterback, we're good. There's probably 22 teams out there in the league who would say, well, either, yes, we need somebody, or for fuck's sake, Ryan Tannehill's starting on Sunday. Marcus Mariota got benched. They officially said Ryan Tannehill just got his job back. Yep. This is the guy who lost his job to uh, fucking, oh, God, what's his name? Um, the Brown, the Bears quarterback. Cutler. Cutler was yeah. the guy in Miami. Like, are you kidding me? This guy had to leave the state. Florida. Florida. You're a bench player in Florida. People don't even want to live there. People go there to die. You don't want to play football there. And now you're on the bench. The hell? So you gotta go up to minute you go to Tennessee, which isn't that much better. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's so many quarterbacks out there that could be replaced at the drop of a hat. I mean, and that's why it's like when you lose guys like Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger and guys like Andrew Luck retire, like such perennial guys, such extremely talented guys that just leave the league, you're stuck with, oh, what's the quarterback situation look like in Tampa? Is it going to be Jameis Winston or is it going to be, you know, Fitz Magic? Oh, great. Like, oh, Sam Darnold has mono. Like, what can't, what can't quarterbacks get knocked out by? Like, I don't understand. Like they're turning, and maybe this is maybe the 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 NFL saw this happening years back, and that's why they made all these two two you know ballerina rules for all the quarterbacks. Maybe because they saw these guys falling apart. They're all made of glass. I mean, look at Rodgers. He spent more time off the field than on the field in the last three years. Yeah, there's plenty of spots out there, and I guess for a team who could use it, I think that. In a world where even Blake Bortles is a backup quarterback, I think maybe Cam Newton has a place out there. He's serviceable at best. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. Uh, Kyle Allen last year came into a game against the Falcons when Cam Newton went down. They lost that game, but he did not start that game. Um, then he started against the Saints the next week. They won that game, I believe, it was 30, 33 to ten or seventeen or something like that. So, so yes, the he he is five and zero as a starter. He's four and zero this season. He's got nine career touchdowns, zero career interceptions. Zero interceptions and five starts. Six, well, six games, five starts. I think he's the dude. I think he's the dude. His QBR isn't phenomenal, but you get nine. You just shy of 1,000 yards for seven TDs and zero interceptions in like four games. I I don't see why. And the other thing, with Christian McCaffrey on your team, you don't have to be a fantastic quarterback. You have to be a game manager. That's really all you have to do. Get him the ball. Even if it's not a run play, get him the ball and, and you're fine. Like, I I honestly think because Kyle Allen's so young, he's only 23 years old. God, he's the same age as me. Uh, because he's so young, Christian's so young, the rest of the team is pretty fairly young. Trade Cam Newton. See what you can get back. Get a couple draft picks and start building your team around Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey. I think that's the best way to do it. I would agree. Do we are we all to the understanding that Kyle Allen was the kid loosening his arm in that old NFL 360 commercial? <laughs> Maybe I'll start for the Panthers. Become your mom's favorite player. <laughs> oh What's, man, I forgot about that. It's wild. You look at that commercial. You go back and watch that. It's that I, I was dying when I saw that all over the internet. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Texans took down the Chiefs 31-24 this weekend. What is wrong in Kansas City? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the instability with their lineup. I think that's part of it. 
because you you know Patrick Mahomes is there. He's doing his thing. He he's still out there showing up. I mean, the guy had 273 yards and three touchdowns, one interception. Um, he's gonna put up my numbers for you. But your number one carrying back had 44 yards like sub 50 yards for a running back. I mean, when Kareem Hunt wasn't the the leading kicker on, you know, the Browns team, uh, he was the leading rusher for the Chiefs, which opened up a lot. Um, I think one good thing for the Chiefs is that they get Tyreek Hill back. He just came back last week, and from the showing that he had, I mean, he had almost 100 yards, five receptions, and two TDs um, coming off an injury like that. I think this is going to be great for them coming back. Again, consistency. Um, I don't think Kelsey has been as big of a weapon as he's he's been in, in the past. Like, even last year, he was a machine. And I think a lot of that has to do because similar to like Gronk in New England, if you don't have that Edelman outlet or that Tyreek Hill outlet, they're only going to focus on Kelsey. Everybody knows that Pat Mahomes loves Travis Kelsey. Everybody knows that. And without Tyreek Hill there, there's really no other big threat um, that exists out there. So they're really focusing in on that. I don't think it's time to to raise up any red flags or panic yet i I mean the chiefs you're looking at four and two you're you're still playing well patrick mahomes is playing well there was no way he could come back and do exactly what he did last year it's just unrealistic to think that somebody can have back-to-back years like that um but i mean the guy's not playing poorly at all he's still i think he still leads the league in yards and he's right up there for touchdowns but he's on a couple picks so i I just think it comes down to, I think defenses have started to figure him out. We get every week, we get more and more film on him. It's easier to prepare for him. He's still a very young guy. I think the defenses have figured them out. And especially with Tyreek Hill being out, but now him coming back, I mean, it helps, but, and I, I think Andy, Andy Reed needs to step up his play calling game. I mean, the, like they, they seem to not be evolving as an offense. They seem to be staying the same. They're doing the same thing. And as defenses are figuring them out and taking away Travis Kelsey more and more, it's it's just not working. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's the monkey on the back that Andy Reid has always had. It's it's the same thing he's dealt with everywhere he's gone. It's the same, it's the same reason that Mike McCarthy doesn't have a job right now. There's no innovativeness. There's no surprises in his offense. It's very – it's a bowl of oatmeal, week in and week out. Is it going to get the job done? Yeah, but is it going to win you the big games when the, you know when all the chips are down when it's on the table? I'm sorry, the Sean McVay's of the world, the the you know those are the guys that you want nowadays. You need a big flash in the pan guy sometimes to really stir things up. Because unfortunately, oatmeal will get you you know it'll get you to the playoffs every year, but it's not going to win you Super Bowls. Yeah, absolutely. Not playoffs we're here to win super bowls on the other side though i think te- i think the, the texans are looking real good i even in one of their losses against the saints week one they looked like the better team this offensive line is getting better and they're protecting deshaun watson i think this team is i there i think they are becoming a legitimate contender in the afc yeah, I could agree with that. Um, I think one of the problems with Deshaun Watson is he's got us. He, he's been played in the past by interceptions too. He loves the long ball. He loves the big play. And when you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, you can do that. Um, I think they got hurt really bad this year. Now that they don't have Lamar Miller, I think that was a huge step back. They don't really have a guy there. I thought they were going to be the ones to go after Sean McCoy. Uh, evidently not. Uh, but again, otherwise, I mean, again, he's his stats look great. He's he's looking good when he's out there. But again, he's a younger guy. He's really got to get a good, solid footing. He's got some talent around him. But again, a, a running game would be huge to help them out. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think of Kirk Cousins? Um, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> I think it was a huge mistake to pay the guy, um, especially, you know, a long deal like that. I, I don't know exactly what the the plan was for him. I mean, they wanted to bring him in and make him their guy, but I really don't think that was – where do I begin? I mean, you have two of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL, probably top ten, arguably, you know, if not more than that, and Adam Thielen, who is a like just a pass catching machine, and Stefan Diggs, who is a big, big, like a huge, big play guy. So I don't understand what the problem is you're running. And Dalvin Cook is leading the league in rushing, and and you just can't put together 
more than 50% of your completions just to win a game. Again, this is exactly what we saw with Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington, which is why they didn't pay him. They kept franchising tag, franchise tagging him because he is feast or famine. He'll go out there and throw four touchdowns for 450 yards and win a game by 30 points, and then he'll turn around, and the next week he'll throw three interceptions and can't even score one time, get into the red zone, and end up with seven field goals because the guy cannot finish the, the job. And... Again, like we're talking, sometimes you want consistency. Sometimes the quarterback play will decide your team. I mean, look, the Panthers, like we just got done talking about, the inconsistency of Cam Newton could destroy that team. You bring in Kyle Allen. He's a guy who's slow and steady, wins the race. He's won these games for him. Kirk Cousins isn't that guy. Feast or famine doesn't win you games. It gets you the big numbers when you want. It fills up the stat board and apparently gets you a huge contract in Minnesota. But, again, this is... Feast or famine is great. You come into the divisional round of the playoffs and you score three touchdowns and go for 400 yards and Dalvin Hook scores two. You beat a team 50 to, you know, 14, whatever it may be. And then the next week you throw two interceptions and you can't throw for more than 150 yards. Nobody wants that. So I, I still don't even understand why Minnesota paid what they did for him because we saw who he was when he was in Washington. Yep. <laughs> he plays when, when he plays a bad defense like you did in Philadelphia or against Philadelphia this week. You know, he can put up four touchdowns, 333 yards. He still threw a pick against a depleted secondary in Philadelphia. And he did it against New York. He did it against, I don't even know the other two teams that they've played, but they're bad defenses. But then you look at the only two games that they've played a good defense in Chicago and Green Bay, and he's got two losses. <laughs> and he throws interceptions late. He can't get into the end zone. And and like you said, two of the best receivers in the league, the arguably top three running back in the league right now. He's leading the league in rushing. I, I don't know how he doesn't play better, <laughs> but and but it's totally on the Vikings for paying him. Like they had two perfectly good quarterbacks in their system already in Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater. And Case Keenum got you to an NFC championship game. And then you just let him walk. I and it, and again, I think Teddy Bridgewater. If he doesn't get injured, I think he's their quarterback for the future. You know, if he didn't get injured early. Oh, absolutely! And Teddy Bridgewater is showing them how stupid they were just to let him loose. Absolutely, like he's out in New Orleans making it happen. I mean. The guys, I don't think he's like an elite quarterback, but there are a handful of guys. There's more than a handful of guys who are playing right now in starting positions getting paid starter money that I'd have over. I'm sure as hell that the front office in Minnesota right now is kicking themselves because they know what's sitting down there in New Orleans now. Like, wow, he was on our team. He was here. He was a part of this organization. We just let him walk away. We drafted uh, him. <laughs> well, yeah, and again, like, you plug and play Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen with any quarterback in the NFL, and they're going to take advantage of that. I mean, or in Dalvin Cook, too. You realize you take a Green Bay and give them a Dalvin Cook, like an actual legitimate rusher? Or teams out there like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tyler Lockett. I'm sorry, Doug Baldwin. You guys have never been number ones. You'll never be a number one. You put a Stefan Diggs or an Adam Thielen in Seattle, that changes the game. That rewrites the script for them. Like, even when they won those Super Bowls, Doug Baldwin was the number one. Doug Baldwin is not a number one. No. He was never a number one. You put, you could have put him – That's like, I always talked about all the – like, the Packer fans are like, oh, Seattle's receiving course sucks. I know. You can't make fun of me for that. I'm aware of that. You plug Doug Baldwin into Green Bay, the you know, the three green Green Bay, Jordy Nelson one, Devontae Adams two, Doug Baldwin three. This is when all those conversations were happening, you know, which, again – it wouldn't, wouldn't be bad for them either. But these the team that they have around them, and again, that defense is no joke. That's not a defense to shrug off on in Minnesota. The team is all there, and they thought Kirk Cousins were their, was their guy. They absolutely thought wrong, and now they're going to have to suffer. They're going to have to suffer with him because yeah. you don't pay him like that and then trade him. Well, yeah, you, you paid for him, and, you, and now he's on your payroll for the next few years too. And now I know for a fact they have a few guys, Anthony Barr being one of them who almost left last year, 
but then came back because Minnesota offered him big money, which again was a big mistake because now not only are you paying him big money too, now there's a couple people like Harrison Smith and uh, the two corners that are coming up on contracts, and you're not going to be able to pay some of them. Your whole team is going to start falling apart because you decided to pay this 50-50 quarterback. It's ridiculous. All right. Yeah, he's not a free agent until 2021. So they've got at least two more years of this. Kirk? Yeah. Jeez. Good. good. I love it. As a, as a Packer fan, I love it. Uh, I want to talk about the 49ers and the Rams. Do you well, – well, first we'll go to the Niners. They are now 5-0, and I believe. Yeah, because they had a bye week. It's not a 5-0 and you can hang your head on. Do, uh, yeah, so do you think they are a legit team? No. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that there's some scrub team that they're not going to – I think they'll definitely battle Seattle for for the division. But five, uh, yes, they're 5-0. and oh, Yes, they haven't lost. But I hate calling undefeated teams undefeated when they're undefeated. When you really look at it, it's like, man, they had a bye week in there. They had a rest. Who did they really play you know, that's the other thing. Like, I mean, I think the, the Rams won this weekend was the one I was keeping my eye on because I honestly thought the Rams were going to win this game. What do we got for regular season? They beat the Bucks, They beat the Bengals. They beat the Steelers and they beat the Browns. I thought this was the game that might shake them up a bit, but also the Rams have not come out. I mean, besides being plagued with injuries nonstop on that team, at least they got rid of burnt toast Marcus Peters. And they filled him with, I can't shut my mouth, Jalen Ramsey. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, I mean, the fact that the Rams now aren't going to have, like, a first-round pick until 2041. And by then, I mean, Sean McVay will be older than, like, my grandpa. But um, That's okay. They have all the Jaguars' first-round picks. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's not really a team that they've played yet where I'm like, man, they beat a team. Like, they don't get me wrong. They've come out and beaten a handful of these guys handily. But you beat the Buccaneers by, you know, 15. You beat the Bengals by 20. These these aren't teams where I'm like, oh, man, look at that. Look what they did. Um, they got games coming up here. Uh, who do they got? Oh, I guess they have the Redskins, so they'll get another one out of there. The Panthers, the Cardinals. I mean, these guys have a pretty easy schedule. They play the Cardinals two out of the three weeks. They play Cardinals, Seattle, Cardinals. What kind of scheduling is that? <laughs> well, let's just see how the back end of the year goes for them because if you're 5-0 now, you're 6-0 after the Redskins, you're 7-0 and if you can beat the Panthers, and you're 8-0 when you beat the Cardinals. Let's say at worst you're 7-1 and against Seattle. If Seattle keeps playing the way they're playing, they're not losing to the 49ers. They'll get the Cardinals back after that. But then you go Green Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, Atlanta, and then the Rams again, and then finish off the season at the Seahawks. I think this could be one of those teams that start really hot and get themselves seven or eight wins and then fall apart the rest of the season because the first half of their season has not been difficult. And I think that's, you know, that's great. Get Jimmy Garoppolo his confidence boost. And maybe that guy keeps coming out and is consistent for you. Maybe Matt Burita being an, you know, an undrafted guy can continue to be like, I'm the guy I'm better than people thought I was, you know, and, and stand on that soapbox. But again, this five and O is not as impressive as other five and O's I've seen start the season. You know, it just depends on who you play. It's the games that you've had. It's what it comes down to. I agree with you. It's not impressive. The only thing that really, like, I don't think they're, you know, the best team in the NFC just because they're 5-0. But what I do know, their offensive line is amazing right now. And their defensive line is playing really, really well. Jimmy Garoppolo is coming into every game, just about every game. And even looking forward, I think he probably will come into most games, maybe not Green Bay, but he will come in as the more comfortable quarterback. He will not be pressured as much as the, his opponent his opposing quarterback. That defensive line with Nick Bosa is great. And that Richard Sherman's having a career here. Jaquiski Tart, like that whole defense is playing solid. It's a legit defense, I think. And especially holding Sean McVay to seven points. I think that's a great job in itself. Garoppolo has only what two losses as a starter. I I I and I get it. it they haven't played anyone yet. So I don't think they are the best team yet. But I really think they can be. I really think this team has 
the makeup and the tools and the run game of this Kyle Shanahan offense, I think they can be legit. I'm very interested uh, in what, like four weeks when we see them play Seattle. I think that's going to be the telltale for both teams. Like, honestly, that's a huge game for that division right there. I would agree. Um, you know, and if we're getting off of them, I know you're talking about the Rams too. I think one of the things about the Rams, Todd Gurley hasn't been Todd Gurley yet. You no. know, he's, he hasn't played all the games yet either. I mean, the guy has what? He's got less than 300 yards on the season, and that's unlike him. Well, yeah, he didn't play this game either. Yeah, especially through six games. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, the second half of the season can be, you know, if he gets that, you know, that ankle and that knee are doing all right for him. I mean, he's an arthritic 24-year-old, so that's unfortunate. I mean, that's the same issues that are, you know, running into glass ankles for net over there in Jacksonville. But, I mean, again, this isn't a team, you know, the Rams, even at 3-3, three and three, you can't write them off. I mean, there's still guys who can put it together and start blowing you apart, especially that defense starts figuring it out. But for now, um I don't think this division is as tight as it was going to be in the past. That's, I don't know. It's, again, like the Seahawks offense is clicking. You get Russell Wilson who's putting up, I mean, the only person who could possibly, if you end it right now, you go like a midseason MVP, the only person that can contest Russell Wilson for the MVP right now is Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the guys, Christian McCaffrey is insane. But, I mean, Russell Wilson is leading the league. Uh, he's, I think, tied for first or second in touchdowns. He's got zero interceptions. He's number one for a completion status. He's one of, number one for QBR. He's number one for passer rating. Like, this is a Russell Wilson that we've seen before. This is a kind of Russell Wilson that can win Super Bowls. Hold on, everybody. I know, I know you're going to start shouting Homer. I get it. I'm the Seahawks guy. I come on to first-round KO. I like to talk Seattle. I do. We need to prove a little bit more because our defense can't keep giving up 29 and 28 points. With that being said, our defense literally exists of three strong linebackers. And then, I mean, for fuck's sake, there's a guy on our 53 man roster that has one hand. Like clearly we're not all hands on deck here. Uh, (laughs) Like there's, you can't, I sound awful saying this, but you cannot tell me that there's this many able-bodied two-handed players in the NFL. And I got a one handed linebacker. Hey, hey, I've seen him play. He's solid. I've seen him pick off. I've seen him make, amazing catches with his one with his two arms i mean we'll see what comes to the end of the year i mean this is the time i mean when the teams that they the guys that they traded for the moves that they made in free agency i think they're trying to make a final push right here with this team that they've got because they signed bobby wagner last year i don't think you're going to keep kj right around you can't sign Ansa and Clowney. Like, you got to pick between you know there's pieces on that defense that are awesome but you're going to have to start picking and choosing it was great in Seattle when you drafted all these guys and brought in the Legion of Boom that these were all guys like, oh, we'll get them under the radar. And now we put together this amazing team. I think the plug and play that they're doing right now with these talented guys, I think they're trying to make a run at it. They're making a run at the division. They're trying to make a run at the bowl here, but they're going to have to show a little bit more on defense for me to believe in them. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys lost to the Jets 24 to 22. Goddamn Jets. Did did Mono make Sam Bradford a better quarterback? Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold a better quarterback? I don't know. I think it was a. a, I think it was harder for him to defeat Mono than it was the Cowboys this week. Um, The guy overcomes two plagues, and yes, I'm referring to the Dallas Cowboy fandom as a plague. Absolutely, fucking country. But um. No, I mean, again, we dumb boys. Yeah, you can be dumb boys after playing Washington and Miami. And, and New Dak York. Throwing t- and yeah, and, and Dak Prescott throwing 12 touchdowns over three games, playing the Giants, the anemic Washington Redskins. I mean, the Washington Redskins, that is where players are going to die. For God's sakes, did you see that article that came out today? Um the Alex uh, Smith. Alex Smith had to have 17 surgeries to put that leg back together. 17 surgeries to fix him. That's what's happening. That's what happens when you have an Indian-based mascot. Yes. And actually, while yes. we're at that, that's all. That, that's a joke. It is what it is. It's a mascot. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But again, you could paint me as some white guy whose great-great-great-grandfather probably owned a slave. Whatever. Fuck it. But the point I'm trying to make is, did you know that they're, they're like 
eighteen and one or eighteen and two since they started doing the like the um, this like uh, Native American like prayer thing before the game started. They wanted to like make it okay that they were the Washington Redskins, so they do like this Native American like ritual or whatever before the game to try to like. Oh, we're all a team here, and now they're like eighteen and two since that started, and they've lost four starting quarterbacks. Jeez. I don't know if it was a prayer. Maybe they sent him a curse instead. Maybe they did it on purpose. They're like, that'd be <laughs> really funny. Like, yeah, this is totally a good thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, the Cowboys beat Eli Manning and the Giants. It wasn't even Danny Dimes. You beat the Redskins. Cool. You allowed the Redskins to score twenty-one, mind you. Uh, the Dolphins had a lead on you at one point, <laughs> but you beat the Dolphins. Good for you. They're trying to lose. And then you lose to the Saints, 10 to 12. You lose to the Packers, and Dak Prescott looked terrible in that game, throwing three interceptions. And then you lose to a returning Sam Darnold and the Jets, who had yet to win a game. Uh, they had scored two offensive touchdowns before that game, and then you allow them to do this. And I, I honestly think... They should Jerry Jones should maybe call up Carolina and say, Hey, what do you want for Cam? You think Cam is what's gonna fix that what's gonna fix that team? No. But it'll it it'll take pressure off of I don't know, because Dak's not the guy. I don't know who else they can go get. They're not know. gonna be they're not gonna be bad enough to get a top pick and get a top quarterback. They're not gonna be good enough uh, to to keep Dak and uh, if they sign Dak, they're doomed. Yeah, but that's a that that's a Jerry play right there. You know what I mean? Like this guy demands forty million dollars. He goes, I'm that guy, I'm worth that amount of money. And now he should be crawling back to Jerry Jones' feet to sign sign whatever contract Jerry will give him because I don't even know how well Dak Prescott will test in the open market. Let's say your prediction comes true. They go out and get Cam, Cam comes in. I don't know what team chases a Dak Prescott. I mean, granted, there's there's guys out there like Miami could use Tampa a decent Bay. quarterback, you know, uh, Tampa Bay could use a consistent quarterback. Uh, we'll see what happens in Arizona. I Kentucky. could see Denver. Yep, Denver. There's a lot in Minnesota, but, I mean, they have all the money <laughs> in Denver. Chicago, again, mm, like, there's yeah. a lot of teams out there. Stafford isn't getting any better. He's not getting any younger. I you know, there's Stafford's plenty of teams doing out there. And who knows, man? What? I think Stafford's doing fine this year. This year, yeah, but he's wildly inconsistent. That's fair. He's also on one of the worst franchises in the NFL. That's true. And Detroit has already, they've hitched their trailer, trailer to that truck. They're yeah. done. That's what they decided, and they're going to live with that. Um, I mean, and who knows, again, Dak Prescott goes out there. Maybe Baker Mayfield crashes and burns the season. They're like, oh, my God, this was just, like, dumb luck to start a season. And maybe the, the Browns chase down a Dak Prescott. I don't know. But, um, no, I mean, I don't think Cam Newton's going to settle for anything less than, you know, what he thinks he's deserve, you know, deserving of. And he'll go play wherever. But I don't think Cam Newton's going to sit for, like we talked about, on the bench before. So, But that would be a Jerry move right there. Bring in somebody who's in the spotlight, who mm -hmm. hasn't always had the most popular PR, you know, and bring him into the team. At least he's not punching his wife around like Greg Hardy or whatever. True. I think it's the most cowboy thing to do is to bring in Cam Newton. I think it just makes sense. Um what about what about Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett should have been fired three years ago. Like this guy is way past his prime. It's better to sell early than to sell late. You know, sell, sell him a few years early than to sell him five years late. And you're looking at, I mean, Jason Garrett. Other than his team has given up on him. Jerry Jones has all been given up on him other than saying publicly that he's our guy. I don't think Jerry Jones believes that for a second. And his team. Did you see the video at that end of that game? Where There's, some of the guys he, wouldn't high five him. Yeah, he's like trying to. He's walking off the field trying to high five, and guys are running right by him. It's like, oh, maybe they didn't see him. Shut up! Like, come on, they're fed up with this guy. I mean, he doesn't bring anything new to the table. He can't help fix this team. You have Amari Cooper, and you have Ezekiel Elliott. You have one of the best rushers in the game, and a, and a very very serviceable quarterback. I don't think Dak Prescott is bad by any stretch of the imagination, but you need to get your team in a position where they can succeed with the players that they have. Like Jerry Jones went out and got the guys now figure it out. And I just do not think Jerry Jones is the era that, um, <coughs> excuse me. I don't think Jason Witten's the guy. Fuck me. What is, Oh my God, I'm having a stroke. Um, 
I don't think Jason Garrett's the guy. He He's not the guy for this team. He's not the guy that's going to get them to the next level to succeed. And if I'm wrong, and if Jerry Jones actually believes that and he's that delusional, that whole fucking system is fucked. That whole franchise is toast because Jerry is now way past the point of senile. Like, he's... If he thinks Dak's his quarterback and Jason Garrett's is his, his coach for the future, he's done. Like, that, that whole organization is toast. I think Jerry keeps Jason around because he's a puppet. He's, he's his guy that he can control on the sideline. He's going to do what I tell him to do. If I bring in a different guy, they might not listen to me as much, so I'm going to keep Jason down there. No, I'll give you that. I don't know. Um, What was the other one that I wanted to talk about? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't think the Patriots are as dominant as people think they are. I will never, vo- I will never bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I won't either, but... Again, like we talked about with the Cowboys, the, the they have just fortunately had six games where they've played these teams. But they, you know, the Patriots have beaten, let's see, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jets, without Sam, Sam Darnold. They barely escaped the bu- uh, Buffalo. Then they played the Redskins, and now they've played the Giants. They haven't played anyone. Yeah, that's true. I guess with some of the, you know, these teams, though, I don't think there's ever been a doubt in anybody's mind when they went into that game or when they left that game that New England was like, oh, they might not win it. I think that's the one difference between, like, a Niners undefeated team versus the Pats undefeated team, even versus some of these five and one teams, you know, one loss or two loss teams. They go in and it's like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough test or, oh, man, they might sneak up on them. That's not what you see with this Tom Brady. And granted, I don't think Tom Brady is firing on all the cylinders that he has even last year or the couple of years prior to that. I think he is starting to slow down. Um, oh, he, absolutely. He refuses to admit it. And Bill, Bill Belichick. He's always been a Brady guy for the longest time, but more than Brady, he's about winning. So I, I, I don't think Bill Belichick will put him in himself in a position where if he thinks Brady's time to go is now, he'll let him go. Um, but that's the thing, though. I just When they go into these games, you watch those games, no part of me is ever like, oh, man, this might not go their way, which is why I still think that people have so much confidence in the Patriots. I just – I'm looking at their schedule. I don't <laughs> – I, the Jets won't beat them next week, even though it's in New York. I think there's a chance they make it a close game, but I don't think that'll happen. There is, for everything that we've said, there is all the chance in the world that Baker Mayfield has a career day and that offense goes off and they can somehow beat the Patriots. I I, I honestly think that's a real thing. The Ravens, again, they just upgraded their defense today. I think that could be, that could be a win for the Ravens. The Eagles, they're a very every-other-week team. Who knows, but they could do it. Not the Cowboys. The Texans very much could beat the Patriots, in my opinion. The Chiefs could very much beat the Patriots. Not or not, not Cincinnati. Buffalo definitely can. And then not not Miami. But I, there's a lot of losses, and I just don't think this team is as legit. I think Houston right now, in my mind, is the best team, the most battle-tested and the best team in the AFC. Hmm. that's just my opinion intriguing yeah i mean and the texans have had i think they've had a lot tougher teams to play against and even with the loss that we said like before against the saints that that was a drew Brees saints team that they only lost to by two i mean they beat the chargers which are no you know no joke lost to the panthers which isn't so hot falcons aren't you know much of anything but the chiefs win i think the i think the most telltale signs there is the win against the chargers the win against the chief and the loss against the saints those three games right there, I mean, are more than the Patriots have had to put together in their six-game stretch. And with them coming up, I mean, if they can keep rolling here, you get them to beat the Colts, if they can come in and beat the Ravens. I mean, these are, again, Colts are without Andrew Luck, but Jacoby Brissett is no joke. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we just talked about the Patriots. Again, it just goes to show how good Bill Belichick is. I mean, isn't it, aren't Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, and Jacoby Brissett like a combined, like, 14 and 3, 14 and 2, I think. This season? Something like that. Because if yeah. they're 5 and 0, 6 and 0, and, and three then and two. 3 and 2, yeah. I mean, it's insane. You know, that quarterback stable that came out of there. Again, it's not all about that, but yeah. 
I don't know. It's still, again, we're still early. We're only six games in. Oh, absolutely. Especially with all the injuries that have been happening, and it's not like it's the end of the injuries. People are going to keep getting hurt. People are going to start coming back. Like I said, Tyreek Hill comes back, and who knows? He becomes that big of a weapon, opens things up for Travis Kelsey. LaShawn McCoy jumps back into some some formidable form of who he used to be. Chiefs went out the rest of the season, and then we're sitting here again saying, oh, look, it's same old Pat Mahomes. Tom Brady's shaking in his Ugg boots, you know. Yeah. All right, well, we're running out of time, unfortunately. We didn't get to the NBA. But yeah. how about this? We'll schedule – we'll go off air right here. We'll schedule something, like, real quick within the next – week or so we'll talk nba because i do oh. want to talk about basketball because i'm very excited for the season to start this is going to be a very exciting season real quick super bowl pick since we are just about halfway through the season who do you oh. think and God. you can pick you can pick the championship games if you want if you want to pick four teams um let me piss everybody off and uh put seattle yep uh, for the nfc um i would love to see another seattle green bay I would see another NFC championship. As long as there's not an onside kick, I'll be fine. Just got to be ready for it, Lafleur. Um, AFC, I mean, I, w- I would love to just sit here and say Chiefs and pass. I think something me- more realistic is, like you're saying, Houston could be in the mix for that. But again, like I, if there's a quarterback that I cannot bet against, even more than Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes. I just I can't do it. If I had to pick a Super Bowl right now, I think Seattle could take down Green Bay. I think we're looking at Seattle Chiefs, which I think would be a phenomenal Super Bowl. That'd be a fun game. Uh, I'll go directly opposite of you. I'll say Houston Packers. All right. They're, they're the most impressive teams to me right now. Although New Orleans, I'll have to say, is very impressive right now. I'm not sold on Seattle. As much as, as, much as Russell's playing well, like you said, the receivers are not great. I'm not a big fan of Chris Carson, and that defense is iffy still on me. So well, Chris Carson's got a huge case of fumbleitis. Yes. And even though the Saints can come sneaking right back up, when Drew Brees comes back week eight or nine, he comes back to this fully functioning high-caliber offense, he could win out and just destroy everything in his wake. He very much could. And I still the 49ers, they could only, they, there's every chance they only get better throughout the season too. I, this is going to be a great season. I honestly am very excited for this. So that's all the time we have. Thank you very much, Chad. For coming on talking football today thanks for having me it's always a pleasure always like i said we'll do basketball pretty soon here because i do want to talk nba and what's going to happen but everyone thank you all for listening follow us on twitter i'm at olson2k18 i've been absolutely in fuego on twitter lately so make sure you follow that do you want to do anything do you got anything to plug i have no plugs if i have anything to plug if anybody out there is looking to adopt a dog and they're in the state of wisconsin um i recently just fostered to adopt two german shepherds from the mitt leba german shepherd rescue in howard swamico so look them up uh if you can if you need to find me my name is chad coffin you can find me on your facebooks on your twitters um out in real life you get a hold of me i'll set you up with one they are an awesome organization to work with with awesome animals um Again, Mitley, but German Shepherd Rescue in Howard, Wisconsin. All right. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you on the next time. First round. Okay. Oh. Slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one. Accusations. Pockets gained a little weight, like my ex bitch. Still, the only bricks that I've been stacking been in Tetris. Never measure up, cause we've been on a different met trick. And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo. Fill the hole in my soul with Palace and Preen logos. Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo. Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa. I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo.